0: Behind the Bite Podcast is part of a network of podcasts that are good for the world. Check out podcasts like The Full of Shift Podcast, After the First Marriage Podcast, and Eating Recovery Academy over at practiceofthepractice.com backslash network. Welcome to Behind the Bite Podcast. This podcast is about the real-life struggles women face with food, body image and weight. We're here to help you inspire and create better, healthier lives. Welcome. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the show. So, you know, we're social beings and I'm noticing that the last couple of years of being in the pandemic has really affected people in all sorts of ways and more specifically in how comfortable they're feeling, re-entering social situations, communicating with others, and in establishing relationships, especially romantic relationships. Dating has always been a pretty common topic that I hear in my office, but since the pandemic, I have heard it much more frequently, and I've been hearing a lot more about the anxieties people have about it, and they're a little bit different than before. And this can be especially stressful for anyone who is a has any body image issues because they're already struggling with feelings of self-worth and lacking confidence. So I got to thinking that since this seems to be something that I so commonly hear about, it would probably be a good idea to bring it here to discuss on the podcast. And I thought, you know what, who better than to discuss this topic than with a renowned dating expert and relationship coach who specializes in matchmaking. So that's who I have here as our guest today, and I'm so thrilled to have Dr. Frankie Bashan on the show to give you all this expert advice and information that she has amassed over her decades of experience in working with couples and individuals. Dr. Frankie is a licensed clinical psychologist who possesses a unique combination of formal training, innate emotional intelligence, and communication skills that allow her to help couples struggling with relationship issues of all kinds. She's the CEO and founder of Her Matchmaking Enterprises and has successfully connected couples across the United States for the last decade. She is no stranger to the public eye with her inspiring TED Talk about sexual fluidity and co-hosting MTV's reality show, Who Do You Love? Dr. Frankie, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me on, Dr. Casanini. I'm happy to be here again. Well, so
0: it's funny to hear you call me Dr. Casanini. <laughs> 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 all right so um i think this is such a timely topic like i said uh you know we're coming out of the pandemic and just for my listeners who i know um some people can relate it's really hard to figure out how to have emotional intimacy especially if you know they've really had a connection with ed as i call it eating disorder and and kind of socially isolated and haven't really connected with people for whatever reason whether they didn't go to parties or social events for some time, or just, you know, maybe we're in treatment and really focused on that. So, you know, help us out here. Like how do people, you know, learn how to emotionally connect or learn how to have, you know, healthy communication in relationships with others? This is a great topic
1: um, because I think many of us have been struggling to put ourselves back out there. I mean, two years of, of being kind of isolated. And, um, many of us already, you know, has struggled with anxiety. And now, I mean, with the pandemic, those symptoms, right. Are amplified. And so it's a great, great topic. I think what I always tell clients is to start out really slow, gradually to pick an event to go to that feels safe. Meaning like if you're, you know, it, it, it's best to be outside, right? That's, that's the safest way to engage with people right now. Um, so I encourage them to commit to going to one event. Like it might be one event a week or one event a month, especially if there's somebody who really has a lot of anxiety and, um, and social anxiety, not just, you know, fear about getting COVID, um, but just fear of like engaging with people. Striking up conversations. Like I, I, a lot of my clients have a hard time just meeting new people. Mm-hmm. How do you strike yeah. up a conversation, right? With a stranger? How do you enter a group of people where you notice that they like, they look like they're having a good time and you want to
0: connect with them. And how do you do that? <laughs> well, I think I'm hearing that a lot too, with people saying like, gosh, you know, I, I don't really feel like I know how to find friends as an adult, like, I think it was a lot easier for people. Like I, I can say this for myself too. Like it was so much easier when I was in college or grad school, you know, I had thousands of people, my same age, kind of doing the same thing that weren't yet married or had kids. And, you know, as I got older, my friends moved away and, you know, got caught up in adulting and, you know, it's a lot harder. And so much to your point, like it, it, you know, add the pandemic to that. Um, and I think that is uh, a big thing on people's minds is like, how do you go out in the world and start connecting with people, finding a social network again, um, especially to your point, like if anybody has in their mind, like, oh my gosh, are people going to judge me? Are they going to, am I going to say something stupid? Or what are they thinking about me? Or, you know, they're kind of in their mind with the social anxiety of like, oh, or, you know, it's just a lot of worries. Like, what do people do? <laughs> I think it's
1: important for us to remember that as human beings, we're wired to connect, right? We thrive when we're able to connect. <laughs> so we are coming out of a really anxiety provoking period of time w- with a lot of fear, like in the media and like the, you know, just like the political climate. There's a lot of fear out there. But if you really think about it, what matters most to us is, is connection. So like anybody that you go to approach or a new person that you're engaging with, just know that they are just as hungry for human contact and good conversation. And, you know, for somebody to even notice them, that to to show interest in engaging with them, most people are going to have a positive reaction to that, to you showing interest in them, even as anything, hey, I, I noticed, you know, noticed you and I wanted to come over and introduce myself. You know, just any any, you know, or or I noticed um, you have this fantastic hat on. I love your hat. Give a compliment. People love compliments. Another thing that's really helpful when you want to enter a group situation like that, either you see something, you know, someone in that group that looks interesting to you or maybe is attractive to you and you want to enter the group. To connect with this one individual person, you want to enter by engaging with the whole group initially. So you kind of disarm everybody and then they kind of welcome you. And then you can focus your attention on that one person,
0: right? If I can imagine people listening, going, oh my gosh, that sounds so intimidating to go to a whole group of people who seem like they're engaged in a conversation and just like, you know, just infiltrate the group and, you know, say something. Well, I mean, if you get who doesn't like to get a compliment, like if you walk over to a group and
1: go, hey, you guys are clearly having fun over here. Like there was something about the energy in this group that caused me to want to come over and just say, hey, because because clearly this is where it's at. This is where the fun's at. They're going to be like, hey, you know what I mean? No one's going to like look at you and be like, I mean, we're not in middle school anymore. No one's going to look at you and be like, who's this? Like, they're not in our group. Forget that. She's not welcome in our group. Most likely they're going to be
0: cool. (laughs) <laughs> do you work with, I mean, I know you do relationship coaching. Do you work with people on how to get over whatever fears they have that, you know, is the big hurdle in keeping them from connecting and going up to people?
1: I absolutely work with people's fears and how they get in the way of their own ability to connect or their own success. And a lot of our fears are completely irrational. So with the encouragement you know, of me, that's like consistent on a regular basis. I help them to just, because they trust me to have a greater willingness to take some risks. And then when the outcome based on those risks are positive, then they're like, oh, Frankie's onto something, right? I'm gonna, and now I feel great that I, right? My clients are feeling great that they actually took the risk. They were bold enough to step into their fear they come out on the other side, regardless of the outcome. They come out on the other side feeling like you know what I did it. Even if I didn't, you know, go get this person to go on a date with me, for example, because I do a lot of dating coaching. Right, the fact that I even struck a conversation with this individual, I feel proud of myself. Like that's an accomplishment. So, what do the studies show? One in three interactions um, is going to leave you with a positive feeling. I think so. You walk away. One in three of of your interactions are going to leave you feeling really good. Strangers, stranger interactions. I
0: can see that the benefit of having somebody kind of encouraging you and helping you work through like what you're really afraid of. Because, you know, I, when I work with people, I call them like cognitive distortions, right? They're kind of catastrophizing like the worst case scenario. Like, oh gosh, I'm going to go to this group and they're going to laugh at me or like ignore me or whatever they're thinking, right? The worst case scenario is. And um, it sounds like what you're saying is when people actually overcome their fear and do it, those catastrophic events don't happen. It's in fact, there's shock that it's, it's the, quite the opposite, right? Yes. And also like you need to ask yourself, like how likely is
1: it that, that this person is gonna just like laugh in my face when I come over and say hello and I introduce myself? What's the likelihood that that's gonna happen? Uh, it's pretty slim if you're going to be honest with yourself. And if they have a rude reaction, that's on them. Like that right there, like they just showed you who they are. That's not somebody you want to be friends with anyway. So it's their loss. Just like let it roll off and move on and be like, oh, I'm happy that I figured that one out real quick. That's not, clearly that's their issue. It has nothing to do with me because
0: they don't even know you. Like if you were like, imagine, I guess anyone listening, like if you were in a group of people and somebody came up to your group and said something, just like you mentioned, like, would you laugh at this person just for saying a comment, like you said, or like, how would you react if it was the opposite? Right? Exactly.
1: Yeah. You got to ask yourself that question. How would I react if some stranger walked up to me with a smile, right? We want to, we want to walk up in a friendly way when we approach somebody not with like a serious face and our shoulders curled in, right? We want to be open, our body open. Like the body language has to be like, I'm open, I'm friendly. I'm, 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 you know, a little bit vulnerable. Vulnerability helps people connect.
0: Well, I think everyone can relate to that too, right? Who doesn't know what it feels like to be vulnerable and just a little bit like nervous, right? Right. Everyone's been there. Yes. So if we
1: can if we can sense a little vulnerability, I think it's easier for us to connect with each other because you've got, I think if if you're a empathetic or you know compassionate human, you're like, oh, this person just that's not easy to approach somebody randomly and, and introduce them yourself. That's that's hard to do. So we get that. Most of us are afraid to randomly walk up to strangers it's normal.
0: And I know a lot of my listeners really struggle with assertiveness. And so I can imagine they're just, again, kind of going, this no way in the world I'm doing this, but um, but really what's the alternative, right? What happens if you don't, what happens if you don't start changing your behaviors or putting in some effort to like create a new life for yourself? Like what then? I guess that's the, the another question to ask is, what is going to start making the change to have more connections in your life? Like, I don't know. Do you have any other
1: ideas about that? I think we need to be committed to challenging ourselves every day, challenge ourselves to step out of our comfort zone. Because when we do that, you increase your self-esteem. You feel like you've accomplished something. You feel, it, it leaves you feeling good on the other side of it. So if you're always choosing the path of least resistance, the easiest, least or less challenging, You're, you, don't, you don't allow yourself to actually experience the accomplishment or the success of leaning right in, like looking, facing fear right in the face, walking right into it. That's the way. That's the way to, to increase confidence. Is it right? I mean, what are your thoughts
0: about that? I agree with you. I, I think, you know, like I said, we're, we're, in a new, this is a different world, right. That I think none of us have ever experienced before. We've been, a lot of us have been like socially isolated. And so it is a little scary. Um, and I think a lot of people are hungry for more social connection. Um, but coming into that too, like you, like you said, you do uh, matchmaking and uh, relationship coaching. And so not, not just maybe meeting people and, um, connecting with like, say friends, but how have you found like dating now, like coaching others or matchmaking now versus before the pandemic? Is it different or people approaching it differently or feeling differently about it? I'd say folks are more
1: cautious now. Um, they are really, I mean, many are feeling lonely and they're motivated to put themselves out there. Like they're, they're trying to, but the dating apps are really hard. And I think that is something across the board that most people can agree with. Um, and so it just makes, when you think about the pandemic and meeting strangers through a dating app, which is the go-to way people date today, it just, it feels like everything with the pandemic ends up making you feel like it's harder things feel harder. So dating feels harder. But you brought up just going back to what you said something earlier, which was a really good point that I want to expand on for a second, is when you were in college, you were all there for like there was commonality. And as we get older, it's like it's hard to meet people when you're not on a university campus, or, right? So we have to put ourselves out there. It's helpful to at least put yourself out there in a space where there's common interests because then it's easier to connect. So like if you're into cycling or you're into art or, you know, like to join a group or you you love you're a voracious reader, or you want to be in a book club, like finding things that are of interest to you because you're going to meet people who have similar interests if you put yourself out there. So that makes it easier. It takes some of the pressure off. So yeah, but going back to what you said, I'm jumping around. I just wanted to that out there but um dating now is just it's more difficult people are more cautious
0: and yeah, I, I i can see why and um, you know just you know i brought up the word emotional intimacy and um communication connection um you know i i don't know what how you've been finding it but i think like having a little bit more social isolation people struggle a little bit more now with knowing how to communicate effectively or being able to emotionally connect. Um, at least with the people I work with, a lot of people were struggling with, um, their relationships. And so they did tend to get triggered and turn back to their relationship with food for comfort or into their eating disorder behavior. Um, you know, for all sorts of different reasons, but, um, you know, somebody's coming into recovery or no longer using food for comfort or for the coping mechanism. Now it's like, okay, now <laughs> how, how do they start connecting with people again, or, you know, no longer using food for an escape or something like that. But I'm, you know, you have a different population of people, but regardless, I think it can be an interesting thing to talk about. Like, what does healthy communication look like? How do you establish you know, communication that can bring emotional connection um, and intimacy between two people. Cause you know, we just talked about like surface level, like just going up to somebody and saying hi, but you know, relationships can deepen and get really intimate. Like how do you even get to that point?
1: Vulnerability back to that, that word that like gives people, (laughs) causes them to be like, It gives you a little, like some people have a a visceral reaction to the word vulnerability. Um, If we can show some vulnerability when we're trying to engage with somebody new, you just, it allows them to also be vulnerable. It gives them permission to like share something that's true and real and deeper than the surface level stuff. You have to dive a little bit deeper, right? To have, to feel connected. If you just talk about, I don't know, the superficial stuff, it's kind of harder to connect, I think. If you're willing to show some vulnerability, even if it's around like stating it, like, oh, I feel feel anxious being out here because I haven't really got, I haven't gone out in like two years and this feels a little hard, but I'm like, I'm doing it and I'm happy I'm here, but at the same time, I feel anxious. That's vulnerability right there. Then the person is going to respond. They're going to, can they relate to that? Maybe they feel the same way. And then you're getting to some depth.
0: Reciprocity. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. And really, like what you're sounding like is really trying to figure out where you two have commonality so that you can find people you connect with and um, relate to. Because that's important. Is like you don't know who you're going to relate to and have things in common with unless you start having those kind of conversations and open up a little bit more. Yes. Yes.
1: So I would say, don't allow fear to dictate the choices that you make. You have to acknowledge, okay, I'm afraid. I have fear here. And my thoughts around this fear, like you had mentioned earlier, could be a cognitive distortion, right? Like we're thinking in the very worst or we're very black and white in the way that we're thinking about it. And then going to how likely is this going to happen? like my biggest fear how likely is it that it, that's going to actually come to fruition and if it's not likely and you recognize that you ha- you're engaging in cognitive distortions pick yourself up <laughs> and commit to doing something that scares that thing that scares you even if it's in baby steps baby steps amounts to over time it's like big steps right like we have to start somewhere and it, you want to start at, at at a point where you you're going to be successful and you're not going to overwhelm yourself. So have, you know, set realistic, reasonable goals that you can achieve.
0: And you, you brought up an interesting topic. I think that, um, you know, <laughs> the way people go about dating now, right? Um, it's these apps and it's not really, I mean, I guess people can say it's based on like some level of communication, but I think initially it's, it's not really, people aren't starting out by just, you know, having long phone conversations or anything like that, right? Um, That can be scary because you don't really start out with that level of connection. I mean, maybe some people will say like, oh, no, we texted or phone called or emailed or whatever for a long time before we actually met. Um, But even at that, it's different than when you actually meet in person or face to face um you know you're you're a matchmaker like what do you find is the difference between people that meet maybe say first in person versus on an app do you see any difference or what, what's your take on that yeah that's a great question i don't i don't
1: i don't see a difference whether they meet on an app or they meet in person there is a difference when there is somebody that is mutual that they know in common where there's accountability that is a difference so If I were at an event where I met somebody that my friend knows, there is a different comfort level there that does not exist when I show up at a coffee date with somebody I met on Hinge. Different level of, right from the beginning, from the outset, different level of trust and comfort. When there's no association to anybody that you know and you're meeting a total stranger that you've met, that you've connected with off of a dating app, you're going into it more, m- more likely than not. You're going into it more guarded because you, kn- you don't know this person at all, really. <laughs> For all, they, they could be somebody totally different than who they are portraying themselves to be on a dating app. Like this exists, right? They're catfishers. We are fully aware that there's a lot of like behaviors out there that are harmful that we need
0: to be wary of. Yeah, that's interesting. So do you find that that just having that level of trust will lead to having somebody be more vulnerable from the get-go and maybe having things like be more, I guess, them connecting much more easier?
1: Absolutely. They are more open to connecting. They are more relaxed they're better able to show who they are. They can show that vulnerability. There's, a, there's somebody that they, feel, that they feel connected to that knows this person. So it, it, they feel safer.
0: It's interesting. It's like, what's going on in someone's mind about this person already, right? Versus like what you said, like, I don't even know the statistics on like, How many people are really not who they say they are catfishing, right? I mean, certainly, you know, you hear people say, oh, yeah, we met on an app and now we're married. So, I mean, definitely a lot of people on the apps are who they say they are, right? They're successful. And I mean, like you said, that's how people meet now. Um, But it's, it's like you said, that fear is so powerful. Like what somebody has in the back of their mind of what if is just so powerful.
1: Yes. And you're just going on, you're choosing to trust them, going on their words. There's nobody that can vouch for them. (laughs) So you, I mean, and if you've had a bad experience, that's going to color your future experiences if you're not careful, speaking of automatic thoughts. So if you go on a date and you get catfished one time, it only takes that one time that then you become the next time you put yourself out there. You're going to be more guarded. You're going to be feeling a little paranoid maybe, but, hel- but it's healthy to have some paranoia because you just, you just got catfished. You just showed up at a restaurant and the person looked nothing like their photos. Maybe their photos were 10 to 15 years old, right? And now you're like, wow, this person, it's the person, but not really. It's not the person today that I'm meeting. And then you're guarded. You go into the next day fearful. Is that going to happen to me again? Do I have to sit through the next hour and a half with somebody that I, 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 a lot of people don't know how to get up and say, assert themselves and say, you know what? Your photos didn't accurately represent you. I can't, I can't sit here. And you know what I mean? They have a hard time. They don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Most people really don't want to hurt another person. So they endure that. And it's a
0: little, it's a little bit traumatic, I'd say. Well, that's such a good point because I was bringing up the word assertiveness before, right? Yes. What, I mean, what does stop somebody from just putting themselves first and setting up a boundary and saying, I'm not comfortable. You know, um, this isn't okay with me because it does have such an impact, right? Rather than enduring it and maybe having it affect them going forward with future potential mates. Um, just being able to say like, you know what? Um, I'm not feeling comfortable. This is right. Um, you kind of deceived me. Um, I think we need to call it a night.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's dishonest, right? It's a lie. They've, they've lied. That's not actually what they look like. If they put a photo up and they say, this is a photo of me fly fishing 15 years ago, then that's fine. But like, that's not, that's not what I'm talking about, right? Like they've misrepresented themselves. They've lied right from the beginning. So this is not a, this is not how you want to start a relationship with somebody that's been dishonest from day one. So yes, you are worthy enough. You do not have to sit on the, on the date more than another second to let them know, Hey, you weren't honest. I don't want to waste your time, nor do I want to waste my time. I wish you the best
0: of luck, but I can't, I can't stick around for this date. Take care. You're bringing up something really important, I think, which is, but which does lead into emotional intimacy, which is like values and relationships, right? Like what are the components that make up a healthy relationship that can lead to emotional intimacy, right? Um, And certainly honesty and trust are so huge, right? If you don't have those, this is not going to work.
1: Number one, number one. So if you're starting out, right, this is your first date and they lied, it's over, game over,
0: move on. <laughs> but, and I know, okay, so all you people out there that are people pleasers, <laughs> listen <laughs> up. <laughs> I know you're out there. It's like, oh, but yes, yeah. but, right? I hear this yeah. whole, I say I'm gonna make a yes, but button, right? Um, it's mm-hmm. the, the second chance is like, yes, but we had such a connection or yes, but come on. They probably, you know, didn't have any yeah. new pictures or I'll give them another chance. Like, what would you say to that? why are you giving them
1: excuses? Like this is, I mean, when it comes to dishonesty, I feel like that's a deal breaker. I do. I think that that's, I mean, if it's, here's a good example where it makes sense to me. So there are, there are definitely people that feel like they have to lie about their age on dating apps Mm -hmm. because we get stuck on hard numbers. So like 50. You'll, you'll, you, might, you might date somebody up to age 49, but if they're 50, now you're going to put the parameters on your search criteria to stop at 49. Mm-hmm. Say this person is like youthful and whatever, and, and they're 50. Now you just, you just actually will never see this person that you could very, what could be the love of your life, could be your soulmate. Mm-hmm. So there are people that end up feeling like they have to lie so they don't get filtered out. Cause there's, there are limitations with dating apps, right? So you're trying to figure out how, how do I make this work for me? And in that case, I can understand the yes, but if they either in the context, like in the con- the body of their profile, they mention something like an asterisk, Hey, I, my actual age is 50, but I, you know. I put down 48 or 47 because I didn't want to be ruled out, whatever. Or on the first date, you say it. Ideally, you would put it in the body of your profile.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, and I guess you bring up a good point, right? There are those parameters that people can't get around, like distance, you know, it might be like 0.5 miles away from some area. And then that makes a whole difference or something. Because
1: um, it's not totally honest, but then you can like, it makes sense, right? Like it. logically speaking, it's like, if you are somebody who, you know, feel like you could, you know, date somebody who's younger and that's what you want, you want to give it your best shot. And, you know, you, there's a disclosure in the content, in the body. Fine. But to miss everybody. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, it's a, It's a little wild, but I do still hear of success stories using dating apps. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think you got to kiss a lot of frogs. (laughs) So with that, right, just because you have a negative experience
0: doesn't mean that you throw
1: in the towel. You go, okay, that was one person. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pay attention to the flags. And I'm going to have my eyes wide open. And I'm going to listen to my gut, my intuition. So many of us don't listen to it. And it's a, it's a second brain. So let's, like, listen. And if it's just our fears, telling us to avoid it because we're afraid of rejection, which, who's
0: not afraid of rejection? I don't know. I'm, I'm afraid of rejection. Are you? <laughs> Everybody is, right? I think to a point, right? Like, who does did right you're human everybody's human right yeah <laughs> but i think that's an interesting thing like i hear so many people saying like i'm so worried they're going to like me or like what they think of me and i hardly ever hear anybody going like yeah i'm going in like wondering what i think about them or they a good match for me and like kind of like looking the other way and i think that's to your point people are so forgiving and so like you know they just overlook so many things because of that fear of rejection. They're so worried. Like, am I going to get the second date? Or like, do they like me? And they're not asking themselves, like, what do yeah. I think about this person? Yes. Are they a good fit for me? Like, um, yes. I think that's correct. Yeah. It,
1: right? <laughs> yeah. Do they, do they match up to what you want?
0: And I Hope think that could reduce a lot of anxiety, actually, if you go in with that attitude more than the other way around. is like, are you good enough? Because I think that's a core belief that many people have of I'm not good enough. And then that leads into a lot of fears, especially with dating or connecting to people, right?
1: Yeah. That actually makes me think of flipping the script around like job interviews. It, I felt so much more confident when I realized that actually, wait a minute, I'm interviewing them as much as they're interviewing me. Mm. Right. So I would, I would show up with so much more confidence after I kind of reframe that and recognize like I'm an asset. I am worthy of like, yeah, I'm not just waiting for them to choose me.
0: No, I get to choose them. Yeah. If you're going to work there for hours and hours and hours a day in a week and probably spend more time there than at home and with other people, it's a, it's a really good attitude to have. Like, what's this place like? <laughs> you yeah. don't like it here? What, yeah. what do you have to
1: offer me? <laughs> right. How are, how, why should I choose to work for you other than this other company or a different, you know, why should I choose to work for you? I mean, really, that's like, you're, you're interviewing them. So it's the same. it's like walking to those dates, feeling like, even if you don't feel it, how about this? Just. You act as if you walk in like, I got this. I got plenty to offer. And I'm worthy of a quality, honest, good, good person, kind person, caring person.
0: So what do you, okay, I get this question all the time from people. And so Dr. Frankie, you know, you are the expert here. Um, People say, well, what if I'm not, physically attracted or feel the chemistry right from the get-go like can that build over time and I I, you know feel like no like they're so nice they have all those qualities they're trustworthy they're honest they're kind they're caring we get along we have so much in common but that's just not there like can that build great
1: question this is such a good question I get this question all the time basically if you believe that chemistry can grow then it can and it will. If you tell yourself the spark has to be there, either it's there instantly or it's not, then that's what will be for you. What I have found is that people who are open, like I said, to it growing, it most definitely can and will grow. Not in every case, but you want to give it a chance. So if you, the way I I describe it is if you are in someone's company and you feel good in their company. You're not feeling necessarily chemistry or attraction, but like your body feels good. Cause you always want to check in with your body. Cause it gives us a lot of information. And if you have that and you're interested in what they ha- are saying, like you, you're enjoying their company, mm-hmm. go on a second date, go on a third date, maybe even go on a fourth date. You are not guaranteeing anything. When you do that, you are not, In a relationship with them, you are dating. Mm -hmm. So, until you have a conversation about exclusivity, you are dating. So, just assume they are dating other people, and they should assume you are dating other people unless you communicate and have a conversation about it. You are there to get to know this person. You won't know somebody on a first date, and you won't know them on a second date. With every date, you continue to learn about them. Be open to the possibility of their personality, making them more attractive to you, their intelligence, making them more attractive to you, their outlook on life, their mindset, making them more attractive to you. There's so many things that make people more, att- that enhance attraction, that if we're open to it, it can absolutely develop, but it absolutely we won't if you tell yourself this spark has to be there. And if it's not there instantly, then forget it. <laughs> like, especially, especially as we get older. We've been through shit, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm 45. I've had plenty of relationships. I've had long-term, short-term, right? <laughs> it's just, we become more guarded with time, even if we actively work on staying open and available emotionally. So, I want to challenge you all out there to be open to the possibilities. If you give it a chance and not foreclose immediately when the chemistry isn't there instantly.
0: Right. Cause I'm sure you've seen it too, where the chemistry is so overwhelming in the beginning that, oh, and disaster. people overlook the other parts that are important and think like, that's like love at first sight, or it's like, uh, this is my person and like i don't know what you've seen maybe you could tell us oh. but like what happens there oh it
1: flies off the rails really quick i mean that passion and excitement is like it's like a drug right all the endorphins and the dopamine and serotonin all those chemicals are like overwhelming us in such an insanely euphoric way like, but what happens in those situations i have found is that often we're like repeating a pattern right? Like we are drawn to this person. These are old patterns and that's why the chemistry is so insanely intense. And that person ends up presenting all the, the behavior, like you're drawn to that. It's familiar. And this is why there's such an amazing connection. And then it blows up in massive flames. I'll <laughs> So sometimes when we engage with people when we're dating with people that we don't have chemistry with it's because they are not falling into the patterns the behaviors maybe very important people in our childhood or important people we've dated that may have been not good for us and it's boring and it's not familiar so it's not that interesting it doesn't feel like you're at home you arrive at home with somebody you're like oh I feel at home with them Why do you feel at home with them? Because you've been there before. Just a
0: different, they're in in a different body. You follow me? So you're saying is they're repeating patterns of relationships that got them where they're at now, which is not in a relationship, right? Exactly. Right. Yes. Yes. So
1: recognize that when it feels like, oh my God, this is like, I feel, this is a person I'm, I'm already feeling in love with. We don't fall in love, like falling in love doesn't happen instantaneously. Doesn't happen. It it takes, right? I don't want to over I mean, there's a lot of chemicals that get secreted in the brain that make you feel like you're in love. Mm-hmm. Like oxytocin, right? It makes you feel these amorous feelings, but no, that's that you're not in love. You're just feeling them. You have to recognize these are chemicals in my body. Mm-hmm. And I'm attracted to this person because probably there's a lot about them that's reminiscent of someone or several people from my past. And I, I'm not still with those people. So maybe this person
0: isn't, isn't exactly right for me. Well, and I think that, that, that right there, exactly right. I, gosh, you know, (laughs) I, this idea of perfect this perfect person or this ideal partner, right. I think that's kind of clouding the world too, right? Like, um, you know, having so many options on these apps and having so many apps, I think is interesting. And I also think there's been kind of an, maybe you could tell me what you think, but seems like there's been this influence with all these reality shows of, you know, one person dating, I mean, seemingly really awesome, amazing, quote unquote, perfect people, right. And then having a choice of choosing between, you know, 25, 30 perfect people and like, you know, this, this idea of, Oh yes, there can be one truly, truly perfect unicorn out there or perfect person. And, um, you know, okay, well, if I, if, if this one doesn't work out, there's hundreds of more on hundreds of other apps out there. And like people are just like scared to settle or commit or, you know, like, okay, what if, what if there's a better person, a better option around the corner? And I don't know what you're finding with this now, but, um, yeah. I think that's, that's kind of happening a little bit. Yeah.
1: Like they're addicted to the swipe, right? Like there's a lot of that behavior where it's just, I mean, we're being told we deserve it, right? You, you deserve better. You deserve the best. And now actually you can work to find quote unquote the best. There is no such thing as perfect. So we're all flawed. And it just, the question is, whoever you connect with, are you able to tolerate the flaws that come with them? And the only way to really know what those flaws are is to spend some time with them. And to assume that somebody who is like shows up in a package, their appearance, they look perfect to you. Um, you got to know they're not perfect and they're going to have flaws and it's going to take some time to figure out what those flaws are. So I just, I think we're in a loop and we continue to feel lonelier than ever before, studies show. And it's partially because of this, like shopping mentality. We're also overwhelmed, overstimulated. Like I, I just start, got on a dating app. I am so, I don't even, I can't keep the people straight. I don't, it, like I, it's too much information coming at me, but they don't even feel like real humans. It's so disconnected. And I'm judging them based on photos when most people are not photogenic. Like, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you, oh, you know, like, if all the photos to me are somebody I'm not finding attractive, and their profile, what they wrote sounds great, I'm still not going to eat, I'm not going to respond to them, or I'm not going to reach out to them because those photos are scaring me. That looks like somebody that I'm, there's no way I'm going to be attracted to. And I don't want to have an, I don't want to have to reject them. But most people don't really look like their photos. Like they don't, they look better in person. So like I'm in my, I know that that's a fact. I know it. I've been doing this work 20 years, but I still get in my head and I'm i I'm an expert professional. <laughs> so we're just, we're, we're, it's, it's like a blessing and a curse, right? It gives us all this access to people. But then we have too much like control, like over like swiping what if then like you said right around the corner i could be i could be missing out on what's next so you don't give the person in front of you or the persons in front of you enough of an opportunity to really show you who they are to connect with them because you're you have like a snap judgment or you're like seeing something immediately that doesn't when you go on a first date with them that makes you feel like oh there's got to be somebody better out there i'm just going to not see them again and we just we just are on like a hamster wheel <laughs>
0: Right. And I think, you know, you brought up uh, this whole thing about, um, well, we brought up the not feeling good enough. Right. So I, th- I think like maybe there is that pressure people putting on like these fake pictures or filtered pictures or wanting, feeling the pressure. Like I have to put on uh, like something on my profile that's like perfect because otherwise people are going to swipe on me and not give me a chance. Like I can see why, you know, in the day, this day and age with all these apps that, you know, the other apps that give people access to filtering and altering their photos, like why they would put something other that's not necessarily accurate, right? Because they're scared. Like no one's going to give me a chance and really get to know me because other people are filtering their pictures and other people are altering their photos. So if I don't, what's going to happen? And to me, that's very scary because then the message is, like, I'm not good enough. It's going to mess with people's body image. It's going to mess with their self-esteem. And, you know, especially for the people that are listening who have body image issues to begin with or had them, like that's scary to me. It's like, what's the message we're sending out here? Like people aren't really connecting in a, a really human natural way. And so that's and you know and that, and that could lead to what you're talking about the anxiety of getting on the first date and like actually meeting the person if you know the photo you put out there was filtered or altered or whatever it's like oh my gosh like that could play into somebody's mind as well like oh my gosh like i know this was a filtered photo like uh like what are they going to think when they really meet me
1: for sure and then you're really going to get rejected like that's going to backfire 99.9% of the time if you're putting up a filtered photo And you show up, you go out on your first date, you're going to get rejected. Like why? That's not fair. That's not love. That's not loving yourself. Don't do that to yourself. Be authentic. Most people want to connect with somebody who's honest, real, and authentic. So save yourself the trauma, the pain, and the suffering that will come from putting up a photo that does not accurately represent you. And I'm talking about they need to be this year. And if they're not from this year, they're not current. You need to put a note at the bottom of it. You want to be honest. You're starting, or this is a, this is the beginning of a foundation of a think of it that way, of a relationship potentially with somebody. Start with honesty and authenticity. And love yourself. Be compassionate and kind to yourself. Don't put yourself in a position where you're gonna get rejected and shamed. Promise me. I know I can't see all of you out there, but please, please, please don't do that.
0: Right. And if nothing else, if you're so anxious and nervous, like that's going to play into things too. So you're not going to know what's really going on if the date didn't go well. It's probably because you're a nervous wreck, right? <laughs> yes. Not acting like yourself. So that's not good either. And
1: know that you most likely you look more attractive in person. Just know that most of us do. A very small percentage is very photogenic. And then in person, you know, it's a little bit, they live in the West, it's like, but that's rare. Most of us look better in person.
0: Yeah, but I think yeah. your point was well taken. Like whatever you put in your profile is really what is important. It's like, someone's going to look and see, like, who is this person? I want to meet them because like, they've got all this cool stuff going on. It's like, you know, don't sell yeah. yourself short. Like if somebody really connects with you because you put an authentic photo of yourself and you're authentic in your profile, like that's the important part. You know, people swipe on each other because all that's there. Perfect. Totally. Yes. That.
1: I have certainly swiped, right. Which is match, right? Like I want to match with them. On folks who like their photos are questionable, but they're real. If there's a filter, there's no way in hell I'm, I'm swiping. Right. Right. No. Cause it's already dishonest and I can tell when they're filters. So I have been convinced by what they said about themselves, even when their photos were not like, I wasn't sure that I would be attracted to them. I have swiped right on them. So be honest, like show your personality in those profiles. Don't try to create a profile that looks like everybody else's profile. That's not going to stand out. Just be you. you. You'll stand out on your own because you are original. You are you. Don't even look at other people's profiles. Write your own
0: advice yes Like let's let's challenge that core belief that you're not good enough because you all are good enough i know it's hard to believe that but it's true everybody's unique everybody's special everybody's got their own reason that they're here because there's no there's no other dr frankie right (laughs) i don't think so and don't be afraid to be
1: different or weird okay because that that makes you interesting If everybody was so similar, everybody like long walks on the beach and like be a little spoon. I mean, it's like, (laughs) (laughs) like just, just be you and know that you are fantastic. And there is absolutely more than one person out there for you. That's the only thing I get a lot like, oh, do I only have, is there only one soulmate out there for me? How am I ever going to meet them? No, plenty of amazing people out there. Just put yourselves out there and be honest and, and real and you'll be good.
0: Well, Dr. Frankie, if somebody wants to work with you, they want to find you, they want to follow you, they want to see all your fabulous programs and all of that. Like, how do they find you?
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a few websites. So you can find me on um, Dr. Frankie. That's with an IE.com. So drfranki com. You can find me at... Um, Littlegaybook.com. Uh there's a few others, but that's that's you can find me those two places. Um and I work nationally, actually internationally. Um, and I'm just about to get board certified as a sex therapist. I've been doing sex therapy for years, but I'm gonna be board certified, like more letters at the end of my name.
0: Woo! No, I'm just kidding. And do you have any upcoming programs or anything anyone needs to know about? I do. I have a program
1: um, specific for matchmaking um, in the Northeast that's going to start in about a month. So get on my website. That's for women interested in women. So I work within the LGBTQ plus community, but I also work with straight folks as well. Um, And that's starting up. And then. uh, What else? I have single mingles that happen every month all over the country that are that are basically speed dating events that are virtual that use a dating algorithm that i created um based on age and there's just different variables to help people meet each other that are wanting to meet each other and those are super fun themed events um and that you can learn about littlegaybook.com again those are women for women i occasionally do events that i'm starting to do more and more for um everybody more inclusive so straight gay whatever like poly event for example that's going to be something new i've gotten so many requests for um for poly events so with everybody so that's going to start happening that's coming down the pike so please join my mailing list because um you'll want to if you're if you're into that you'll you'll want to get on there and find out when the events are posted
0: it's so fun well See your adventures on your dating app too. And uh thank you so much for all this great information. It's, as always it's a pleasure to crack your brain and get the information you have. So thank you. Thanks and everybody, for- all her information will be on the show notes at the website after the show. So if you didn't get any of that, it'll all be there. So don't worry about going and rewinding and getting all that. It'll be there. So
1: thanks for having me. So fun.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. All right. Have a great rest of your day